Wrestling Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today, our regularly scheduled Saturday morning show here. Minnesota Wild the past week, well, my predictions were 100% accurate, I suppose. Maybe not the scores 100%, but, eh, you know... Low-scoring low wins and then a kind of a yucky loss in Los Angeles. The Wild actually do beat St. Louis and Anaheim. So, two in one week. Not bad, despite some very sloppy play against the LA Kings. And, you know, that's kind of been the theme most of the season is this back-and-forth bullcrap. You get the two wins and, and two losses, this and that. Three wins, two losses, two wins, three losses. That's what kind of year it's been. In a lot of ways, but, uh, you know, there's there's hope, this and that. Of course, Parisi's one of these days going to come back. Spurgeon, one of these days, will come back. But I think Ryan Murphy has played well in the last, uh, in, in the stead of uh, Jared Spurgeon. So that's been encouraging. We're going to do what we normally do. We're going to review the three games. We're going to preview four as the Minnesota Wild will be playing three Western Conference teams, all in the Pacific Division. And then Toronto, the surging Toronto Maple Leafs to continue to do a wonderful job in the Eastern Conference. That's the third game. And the Wild will be hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs for the only time this season, of course. When you play outside of conference, it's one and one. <laughs> so we, we know that. Uh, well, the, the title of this episode is Dr. Dumba and Mr. Hyde. And you can guess why. Because Matt Dumba has become an overtime thriller. But at the same time, he can make huge mistakes like he did in Los Angeles. Uh, two overtime winners this past week for the Minnesota Wild. It kind of sucks giving up points to St. Louis especially. But Anaheim as well, who's kind of close to us down there in the doldrums of the, uh, well, the out group, you know, out of the playoffs. So, But the Wild only one point behind the surprising Vancouver Canucks. As they have a lot of nice young players, including Brock Bresser. Oh, oh, that's another one. You know, you just wish you could have a guy like that. You wish. Would be helpful to have a first-round draft pick, too, maybe, but yeah, it kind of hurts when you don't have a first-round draft because you keep giving them away to get rented players that aren't that good. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is what it is. So when you start hearing the word Stanley Cup or bust, I don't know. I don't know about the Stanley Cup or bust talk. It'd be nice. It'd be great, but, well, it's kind of been a frustrating year thus far. The Wild 14-11 and 3, 31 points, one point behind the Canucks, two points behind the Dallas Stars for the top wild card position. St. Louis has got St. Louis and Nashville leading the division with 40. Winnipeg only two points behind those guys, so a logjam up there in the Central Divisione. The Los Angeles Kings leading the conference and all that good stuff. Let's talk about the St. Louis Blues game a bit, if humanly possible. Two to one victory. Devin Dubnik was outstanding in this game, without a doubt, and it was very helpful. Uh, Jake Allen was good too, but luckily the Wild were able to score fairly early in that third period. That's the encouraging part because you're afraid, will we score against Jake Allen? Like it was like that last season, he was doing a Jean-Sebastian Jaguar on the Wild all postseason last year. It was so frustrating. You get so sick of running into those hot goalies. And then naturally, they're not nearly as good in the next round. And it's like, why couldn't they be that way in our series? We would have won that series in five games probably last year. We, we probably would have. And well, it just didn't turn out that way. Jake Allen, though, was good. He was solid throughout the night, but helped get Ryan Suter getting his <laughs> fourth goal of the season. Zucker and Dumba joining in that one. Dumba and Suter, well, it's, it's an interesting combination. D Dumba steps up, but a lot of times too much, and he can give up odd man rushes because of it. He'll make mistakes, this and that. But luckily, the Wild able to survive in a very back-and-forth game. 
as Dr. Dumba was in the was was in the office in overtime. And that's what's encouraging. He he looks really good in that three on three game where he can play you know, it's like he can score all by himself when it's three on three. There, there's less traffic, and the guy's capable of making some nice moves, and that's what's kind of encouraging. And it makes me wonder, uh, you know, and uh, you know, th- this can drive people crazy. This conversation of moving people up to forward, like why the Wild did with Brent Burns, and I think it mind bleeped him a bit when it was like back and forth. Okay, today he's right wing. Okay, he's back to right defense. Okay, he's right wing. He's right defense. And of course, Dumbo would be right wing if he played on the forwards and all that. Uh, Coyle and Dumba hooking up on the overtime goal, ultimately Dumba scoring only 39 seconds in, just showing the skating ability and the quick moves, and he looked like a forward on this play, and it was outstanding. Only a second goal of the season, and it, again, makes you wonder, just imagine if Matt Dumba went on to be a forward instead of a defenseman earlier in his earlier in his, say, his junior career or something along the lines, by the time he got to the National Hockey League, he'd be more used to being a forward. And then, who knows, maybe he could have been a great goal scorer. But, well, when there's less traffic in front of the net, Matt Dumba gets the job done, and that's his third third overtime <laughs> overtime winner of his career. Remember last year he had one against Ottawa. He would ultimately get his fourth against Anaheim, and I predicted that Darkwing Duck himself, Matt Dumba, would score an overtime winner against Anaheim. Or was it he'd be the most likely guy to score, and if it went to overtime, it'd be Dumba. And, well, Darkwing Dumba did it, and that's great. Or Dr. Dumba. That's what he is. Dr. Dumba and Mr. Hyde. Um, We saw Mr. Hyde in the Los Angeles game, but nice, solid game against the Los Angeles Kings. You'll see Matt Cullen get hurt against the LA Kings, and ultimately... Yul Eriksson Eck, who's been scoring a point a game down there in Iowa. Seven points in seven games. Outstanding. Uh, Yul Eriksson Eck returns to the third line. You'll see some changes, but we'll talk about that when we get to the Anaheim game. Uh, nice, solid defensive game, though, for the Wild, and Dubnik stood on his head as well. Gosh, facing 42 shots. He was uh, outstanding. Um, luckily, the shots weren't as as bad as they could have been. That's one of the reasons as well. You play a little better defense in front of him, but at the same time, I think Dumba or Dubnik was the... Uh, Definitely the uh, star of the game, though, for me, against the St. Louis Blues. He was Jake Allen, and Jake Allen was Devin Dubnik, if you want to put things that way, uh, in last postseason. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Jake Allen had two goals <laughs> two goals against, and Dubnik had one, and it was a lot more shots on Dubnik. So, again, very similar uh, switcheroo situation there. Charlie Coyle, at the end of the day, at the end of this whole thing, wound up with six points in six games after the Anaheim game. As Charlie Coyle has been on a point streak, he's been a factor in every game, and it's been pretty cool to keep up with. Uh, you'll see some lines get shuffled a bit, as they always do, though the lines and, well, the defensive pairings have stayed pretty much the same, other than Mike Riley or Gustav Olofsson getting uh, switched out on occasion between the two. One gets scratched, the other's out there at right defense or left defense in the Goose's case. So it just kind of depends on what they want. And of course, Nate Prosser getting his uh, Minnesota Wild debut against his former club, his former club of a couple seconds, basically the last couple years, St. Louis Blues. (laughs) And Prosser, sure, he was okay. He was solid. He was steady. And it was good to see him back out there. So great. Outstanding, as they say in Canada, right? (laughs) We continue now to the Los Angeles game, which was an absolute mess. You saw a guy in Mayor Gabrick who just recently came back from injury, and he's one of those guys, too. Back in the day, too, when he would come back from injury, he would be so much better. And, well, you saw it again. I mean, Marion Gabrick looks like Gabrick. He looks like Gabrick again, not like the guy who played last year who was, like, a ghost. He was Gabrick the friendly ghost. He was terrible. 
uh, he would wind up with his 800th career point and 400th goal on the same play. That was kind of frustrating as things would change dramatically in this one. You saw a lot of bad bounces. You saw Devin Dubnik put a, <laughs> put a puck off of, uh, literally pass it through Los Angeles or off a of defense. Uh, and, and you also saw a puck go off of uh, Jonas Brodeen in this one. Just all kinds of stupid bounces. And it's like a lack of focus from uh, Devin Dubnik in this one. You, you, it's just why. It's almost like you could say Dr. Dubnik and Mr. Hyde. And that's kind of the case. Charlie Coyle would open up the scoring, and Tyler Ennis would also have a pretty nice goal, his fifth of the year, and that would be it for the Wild scoring on that fourth line. The fourth line played a bit better. Mitchell, Cullen, and Ennis pairing up for that one to put the Wild up 2-1 to one late in the first period. It was a nice goal and everything. But then, you know, after a solid... After a solid couple minutes there, about a 10-minute span... All of a sudden, things started to change. Marion Gabrick would tie things up. Just ugh, extremely frustrating. Dumba, again, getting caught, sleeping on a play. And Gabrick would wind up with his third goal of the season. And he looked outstanding on it. And Dumba was just left looking silly. Ugh, this is where, again, I mean, Mr. Hyde. <laughs> Dr. Dumba and Mr. Hyde here. Just an overall lack of focus from, from Dumba. Ultimately, on the one there, the, the third goal of the season for Marion Gabrick, number 399, and then Gabrick would score off the faceoff later on. Kopitar's, <laughs> Kopitar would also record <laughs> number, assist number 500. Gabrick got his 800th point and 400th goal. So it's just crazy. All at once. Just uh, And it just figured, you know, when you see something like that, there's almost no way you're going to win. Kopitar would ultimately bury an empty netter in the wild it was five to two off the face off though that was an embarrassing one as well just uh it just was was just too easy uh gabrick just so quick on that release too he he looks like the old gabrick and you just wish we could have him back and play that way again but i don't know i mean it's <laughs> one of those things that ship has sailed unfortunately and the la kings well gabrick was the leading scorer for them when they won the stanley cup in 2014 i don't know maybe the kings will win the cup again it's kind of heading in a positive direction for them. They're leading the Western Conference right now. and I don't know. Um, I don't think a whole lot of people saw that happening, but to their credit, they have a lot of the same players, just not the same coach. So, okay, it, it, it can happen. Gabrick looking great, and good for him, I suppose, for all of us Gabby fans. That would easily say he was the best uh, overall scorer the Wild have ever had. Quite a shame, though, to see uh, things go <laughs> as quickly as they did. Things change as quickly as they did. When things looked oh so good going into that third period with a 2-1 lead. Ah, oh, things changed so dramatically. The old floodgates opened. That was on Tuesday, the 5th of December. Of course, the St. Louis game was on the 2nd of December on Saturday. Last night, the Minnesota Wild with a solid game against the Anaheim Ducks. John Gibson, a guy who's, again, another inconsistent goaltender. Enter Devin Dubnik, right? <laughs> the way he's been off and on this year. Dubnik had a solid game. Gibson was good, too. Both of them really showed up to play in this particular game. Uh, ultimately, though, pretty early, which frustrated a lot of us. Anaheim able to score. The, uh, Nino Niederreiter had a slam dunk, and he hit the post. Just a few minutes, like about a minute earlier, Nino Niederreiter literally had what would have been a slam dunk. He's, he's gone from a guy who was red hot to a guy who, uh, well, he's back to not scoring at all. And it's just, that's the story of this team. Streaky players up and down the roster. Roster, pardon me. Uh, and this was the game when you saw the shifts. Of course, the defensive pairings have remained the same for the most part. Again, with the ins and outs and such of Olofsson versus Riley versus Prosser. The old, you know, it's a trifecta there. 
Brodine and Murphy have been a nice pairing. Studer and Dumba, well, he <laughs> Dumba fell on a play, which gave up an odd man rush. Luckily, Devin Dubnik was up to the challenge there, and he was off and on throughout the night. Uh, other than that early goal, where it just squirted through the legs, you just, ah, oh, you wish, you wish, it's one of those goals, you just wish he could have been able to stop it, but it is what it is. Just one of those things, right? Jason Zucker able to bury one off of Mikhail Granlin. Okay, now Mikhail Granlin basically gave the puck to Zucker. It wasn't like a spectacular pass, but hey, he got it to Zucker, right? It was mostly Zucker making a nice move around John Gibson. Really appreciated that one. Usually you're expecting something like Zucker with a one-timer, something like that. That's a lot of times what you see out of Zucker. It's kind of a, or a slap shot, something along the lines of more or less one-timers or explosive drives to the net. This one was like a nifty move, more a little bit like what Matt Dumba did to <laughs> uh, Mr. John Gibson later on in the game, Zucker also getting an assist there. So Zucker actually leading the team in scoring right now with 24 points, 10 of them assists. Not bad. Jason Zucker leading the club in scoring. How about that? You saw the lines shift a bit. This was an interesting group at the time because it was in the middle of a line change. So Granlin actually was the center at the moment. Niederreiter factoring his first point in forever, his fourth assist. Only four assists on the year for Niederreiter versus his nine goals. Niederreiter had been hot for a while there. He'd been silent ever since, literally ever since he got that Mike Madonna award. He's been dead silent. And I mean, that's his first point since about two weeks there for Nito Niederreiter, whereas Koivu hasn't scored a goal in 20, count them, 20 games. 20 games for Miko Koivu back in late October was his last goal. Yikes. Uh, Zach Mitchell would get the juicy goal there and Nate Prosser's first point as the Minnesota Wild in his third stint. <laughs> his third stint with the Wild, anyway. Daniel Winnick, uh, yep, this is definitely the fourth line and bottom pairings out there as well. <laughs> Winnick and Prosser factoring in on the juicy goal as Winnick brought the puck to the net. Mitchell would finish off the juicy rebound. That was nice. Good, gritty play, fourth line and bottom pairing. But hey, they got the job done and good for them. Nice to see Zach Mitchell get rewarded for his hard work there. Adam Henrique earlier in the third period would finish off an outstanding play by Corey Perry as he would bring the puck to the net again. Corey Perry getting rewarded for the hard work and the Anaheim Ducks getting rewarded from Corey Perry's hard work. Again, bringing the puck to the net and he would he'd be able to get the rebound as he fell. He ricocheted the puck off the boards and it was done by design. There was no luck involved at this one. And then Adam Henrique literally with the slam dunk on the other side of Devin Dubnik. Yes, I'm going to use the basketball term because that's literally what it was. He didn't do what Niederreiter did and hit the post. That's when you know a guy's struggling, when he has an open net type of play. Yes, it's bang, bang, and you have about a second or less to make the play, but still, see, Adam Enrique just finished it, and you know, Niederreiter didn't. That just tells you one guy who's playing well and one guy who isn't. That's a, a clear sign. Like when uh, Charlie Coyle was playing so poorly last year, he would do that. He would hit the net time and time again, and he would, he would miss outright sometimes on golden opportunities. The goalie falls over. You just put the puck over the goalie, right? No. I mean, the goalie's literally helpless. He's just sliding. There's no way he can stop it, and you shoot it low. You, you don't even get the puck off the ice, and it's just you just can't believe it, or it's off the post, or you shoot it wide completely, and that's kind of what took place, and apparently Nito Niederreiter in that situation, but luckily able to scoop up the assist on Zucker's nifty move there. That's literally what you call a hockey assist because Granlin was the immediate passer to Sucker. Um, outstanding. Dumba, again, just taking matters into his own hands in that third period, or overtime period, pardon me, and he would score his third goal of the season. And again, I keep saying and wondering how many goals would he have if he was a forward where he could have a chance to make more of those nifty moves. Now, again, the frustration with his defense would 
still be a huge factor because forwards can make huge mistakes as well. And they did lots of times last week, that's for sure, and several times during the course of this year. Just the overall IQ of the Wild and morale of the Wild, much different than it was last season. It started out poorly last year as well, but things at this stage were uh, a little bit brighter. The Things were shining a little brighter last year at this stage as we were in the midst of a 12-game win streak, which, of course, an obvious franchise record. For a, you know, a team that's had a nice uh, franchise history, but 12 wins in a row is really hard to do in the NHL. So, well, all right. Zucker, again, winding up with the assist. Madumba doing most of the play here, and it was uh, beautiful. Nice to see Darkwing Dumba finish the job. Darkwing Dumba, Dr. Dumba. Those are multiple nicknames they have for the guy. <laughs> he kind of has that Darkwing Duck look to him, doesn't he? And he was able to shoot down the ducks in the overtime period. So, awesome. Able to beat John Gibson, who again was very strong in the game. Gibson has struggled most of the season, unfortunately, after an incredible year last year. And obviously still an up-and-comer in the NHL. And what really a, a kind of a sophomore slump or junior whatever, <laughs> junior jolt downward, I don't know. He's, he's dropped off a bit, uh, has uh, John Gibson, but strong game. This is, this is more of what you see out of the guy. And then Dubnik again, outstanding throughout the night. As the Henrique goal, there wasn't a whole lot you could do. Corey Perry made it an unbelievable play. Whereas the first one, Kevin Roy, man, you know, he just, Dubnik just could not hold on. It just kept going. Couldn't close the, couldn't close the door on that one, literally, with his legs. So, <clears throat> is what it is. So now we will pass out the awards for this episode. <sighs> well, two overtime winners for Dumba. I mean, but... The horrible play in L.A., it just took it away from him. I'll make him an honorable mention. I mean, two overtime winners, you think he's a shoe-in for it. And But I think the consistency out of Charlie Coyle since he came back from the, that broken ankle, I mean, he has been incredible, Charlie Coyle. Just, he's created scoring chances. He's been strong defensively. He's been great along the wall, this and that. He's, grind, he's grinded great. He's been a great wall player. Yeah, we always like to say that, don't we? And it's just been an overall strong couple weeks here for Charlie Coyle since his return. He is on a six-game point streak, and wow, he, he's been good. Six, six goal, or excuse me, six points, two goals, four assists along the way. Charlie Coyle has been the center for the third line until the Anaheim Ducks game. He's now on the second line with Miko Koivu. And well, the lines keep shifting, and it's getting confusing. But yeah, it's a uh, Coyle and Niederreiter, kind of a tough situation there. Uh, Niederreiter and Koivu. Hmm, Niederreiter and Koivu, two guys have been really quiet, so the hope from Boudreaux is that Coyle, who's been on a nice streak, can heat things up. Hopefully the other two guys don't actually cool Coyle down, whereas Zucker and Granlin are now paired with uh, Mr. Eric Stahl on the on the top line, or at least the top two lines. They're kind of interchangeable. Who's the top? Who's the second? But I would say, again, Eric Stahl, I've always considered him the top line there. Uh, with uh, At this stage, Zucker and Granlin, interesting group, and they were able to pair up for that goal in the second period. That was cool. Uh, the third line is now Yul Eriksson Ek, and it's been, it's been a back and forth with, uh, not now, but at this point, it's been Chris Stewart and Felino for the most part. I mean, again, Felino and Winnick kind of are back and forth at times, so it gets confusing. And then you got Mitchell and Winnick and Ennis, of course, as Mitchell is actually centering that fourth line now. Interesting combination there. As Zach Mitchell can play both wing and center, so and there's a lot of guys in this league that can. But yeah, Mitchell was a center down in the uh, AHL. So Ennis and <laughs> Ennis and Winnick, along with Mitchell, that's been you know they've they've been okay along the line there, and they were solid in 
Anaheim. So uh, Mitchell's kind of making a name for himself right now. Not as a great player, but as a solid player as they paired up for the greasy goal, as we talked about earlier. Daniel Winnick ultimately winding up with the assist for attacking the net there and Prosser trying to score on the rebound ultimately wound up with Zach Mitchell. Very cool there. Nice 2 and one week for the Minnesota Wild. So the... <laughs> yep, like I said earlier, the Mike Madonna Award is going to go to Charlie Coyle. Honorable mention to Dumba. He would have been a shoe-in with the winners, but no. Consistency. A, an A for effort and consistency from Charlie Coyle since coming back from the injury. And the James Shepard Memorial, it, it's like all over the place. You could go to Koivu because he hasn't scored in forever. Nito Ryder because he hasn't scored in forever. I'm going to give it to both of them. They've been invisible. Um, defensively, they've been sound, so it's like I can't hate on them too much. And again, honorable mention for Dumba for an awful game against the Los Angeles Kings. So it's kind of a back-and-forth situation with that. <laughs> Dumba's kind of both, but I would favor more towards the Mike Madonna Award because of two, two, two winners. So great, great week for uh, Dumba in that sense and bad game in Los Angeles. A big mess. And yeah, well, he gave him odd man rushes against the uh, Anaheim Ducks as well falling on a play. Just just, just falling. He just fell. And it was just, he tried to make a move and he fell. Not the best. It's not like he was tripped or anything. You want to believe he was tripped? You kept checking again. Was he tripped? No, he wasn't. He just fell. Not good. <laughs> it, it happens sometimes, but yikes. So that's the end of the game reviews at this moment. We'll take a quick break. We'll preview four games, get into the prospects, and call it a week. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two. Let's preview some games here. we got four to talk about. Again, three in the Pacific Division. It'll be interesting. The Wild history against the Pacific Division has been okay, and yes, we've been going against them for a while here. It'll be a... It'll end a five-game stretch against the Pacific Division on the 16th. Of course, Toronto mixed in there on Thursday. Toronto Maple Leafs coming to town. The Toronto Maple Leafs coming to town. <laughs> I gotta like it. Austin Matthews. Yeah, they're really playing well. Let's give a quick shout out to Teal Town. San Jose Sharks podcast is a Minnesota Wild head to the tank, the shark tank. You have the duck pond, the shark tank, and the King's Court. I don't know, King's Court, whatever that is. Ah, well, they're good right now, aren't they? The LA Kings. San Jose Sharks, well, they, they're, they're better. They're better than they were last year. To a point. I mean, the Sharks, yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but things did not end up well for them. They've been really good in the net. Martin Jones has been wonderful. Uh, go, only 64 goals against for the whole season. So watch out a bit there. Martin Jones has been outstanding. Aaron Dell is a really nice backup as well. Under two goals a game. He is 4-3 and three on the season. Martin Jones, 11-7. and seven. The scoring has been, well, uh, kind of all over the place. So I don't know. Uh, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not. The Sharks recently beat the Carolina Hurricanes in overtime. It took overtime 5-4. to four, Kind of a yucky game there. They beat Philadelphia on the road. Florida on the road. Not bad. Got beat pretty soundly by Tampa Bay and Washington. And then finished up with Carolina at home there. The Wild, or excuse me, the Sharks will play Ottawa tonight. So the uh, Sharks will be going into a back-and-back, back-to-back uh, -back situation there between Ottawa and Minnesota. They'll be hosting both of us. So back-to-back -back home games 
for the San Jose Sharks. Should be interesting. And again, a shout out to Chris of the Teal Town Podcast. I want to join that one again. And I know he like to have me on. I'd like to have him on this one. But again, the work schedule is just ape bleep. So it's kind of hard to get together with anybody these days. The Sharks have had trouble scoring. Um, the goaltending has been pretty good, and the scoring has been quiet. <laughs> the games they lost, they had three goals in two games there against Tampa and Washington. Tampa Bay Lightning have the best goals against differential in the NHL and the most points. Tampa Bay Lightning right now really looking good. This could be the year for Tampa Bay, finally, as they've been close the last couple of years. If freaking Stamkos could stay healthy, they got a shot. Logan, Logan, pardon me, Couture leading the way. For the San Jose Sharks, 22 points, 14 of them goals. He's been the Jason Zucker, literally the Jason Zucker for the San Jose Sharks. Joe Thornton, the old ancient Wiley veteran, number one pick in 1997. I remember that very well. 19 points, that's your second leading scorer. Pavlovsky has really dropped off. Joel Pavlovsky, who was just a superstar, and he's supposed to be, dropped off dramatically. Only 14 points in 27 games. He's not been hurt or anything, or maybe nagging injuries, but he's been awfully quiet. Brent Burns is scoring his way down. He's at 14. He's got less points than uh, Jared Spurgeon, and he's been healthy again. So things not going so well on the offensive side for San Jose Sharks. So defensively, they've been sound. They're kind of like the old Sharks where they didn't score a whole lot, and their defense and their physicality was good. I guess that's what's going on, is the Sharks are still winning games. They'd be in the playoffs today, so 15-10 and 10 on the season, that's not that bad. So, But, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and they're third in the Pacific. They're a division leader. It's mostly the situation. They're like as low as it gets in scoring, and they're as good as it gets in, in uh, goals against. Power play is 18. That's below average, obviously. Penalty kill second in the NHL. So the penalty kill, absolutely outstanding. Almost 87%. So, again... Expect a low-scoring game against the San Jose Sharks. Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik. Unless the Wild put Staylock in. I, I don't know. I would go with Dubnik with this one. Maybe Staylock against the Calgary Flames coming up. We'll see. A couple of podcast shout-outs here. Sharks and Flames coming up. Uh, Shark Tank? Well, Shark Tank? <laughs> yeah, well, last year the Wild played very well against this team. I mean, really, really well. And it, it got me some beers in the little bet with uh, Chris. I should... You know, I should have made a bet with him. Now it's almost too late. But hey, if the uh, and if we lose, I I gotta give him some uh, coffee bender, surly coffee bender, bare minimum. I should get a hold of him if things go that way. Um, yeah, I mean the guy is so generous. What what he gave me, just wonderful. Ale Smith beer is like unbelievable from California there, Northern California. A lot of good beer there in Northern Cal, of course. Uh, Sierra Nevada, oh legendary. Okay, back to the uh, the point here. Um, I don't know where to go with this one. I. I've liked the wild history of late. The The old history against San Jose in the tank is just lousy. I mean, the wild almost never won there in the past. But under Boudreaux, is it, you know, he knows them well, this type of thing. He was with the Ducks for a while. I like the wild's chances against the Sharks, and it is a back-to-back situation. Of course, their backup goalie's been better than... <laughs> he's been, you know, he, he, he's, he's been outstanding. I mean, his numbers have even been better than Martin Jones. 93% save percentage below two goals a game, Aaron Dell. And if the Wild are able to score three or more goals against Aaron Dell, that would be great. I don't know where to go with it. Um, I, it you know, as long as the Wild are sound defensively, they, they could beat this club. But you got to score goals. And I don't know if the Wild scoring is inconsistent at times. They've given, they've scored, well, they haven't scored three goals once the last week, or at least not once in the month of December so far. Two against St. Louis, two against L.A., and two against Anaheim. They've just scored two goals in every game. So, get three goals against the Sharks, you'll win the game. And, well, 
Mm, I'm going to pick a 2-1 to one win for the Wild, believe it or not, even though you think it might go the other direction, but the Sharks scoring has been so porous. As long as you can just uh, put a body on Joel Couture and pray to God Brent Burns doesn't bury his third goal of the season, that type of situation, as uh, they've been very inconsistent over there in San Jose. Some guys are getting all the assists and some guys are getting all the goals. There's hardly any balance <laughs> in San Jose. To me, that looks like a little bit of a lack of uh, chemistry, a little bit. But again, they're winning games to a point. They're in the playoffs right now. So, mm, I mean, <laughs> they'd be like fifth seed in the West. They're not that bad. Uh, I, I feel good about this one, though. I, I, I'm giving them a chance to win 2-1 to one Minnesota over the San Jose Sharks. Again, I mean, that's how you beat the Sharks. You keep their scoring way down, obviously. Um, you're, and you're going to have to because their focus has been good. 2-1 to one win for Minnesota. The most likely guy to score in the game. Oh, boy. Mm. Charlie Coyle. I'm going to say Charlie Coyle scores his third goal in seven games. And it'll be against the Sharks, of course. Let's go move on to the Calgary Flames here. This is where Mr. Uh, Matt, Matt Dumba grew up. Darkwing Dumba, Dr. Dumba. Calgary Flames would be out of the playoffs as well. They're right where we are. 32 points for them. We have 31 at this moment. Tied with the Anaheim Ducks and all these other teams. Edmonton, a team we're going to play very soon. That's got to be a win, I got to think. You know, I'm going to change it. I'm going to say 2-1 to one loss to the San Jose Sharks. I'm going to say the Wild lose to the Sharks right now. You know, I, I don't feel good about that one. And I feel a little bit better about some of these other ones. 2-1 to one loss to the Sharks or even a 3-2 to two loss to the Sharks, something along those, no, 2-1 to one loss to the Sharks. I just have a bad feeling really going into the Shark Tank. It's going to be close. Maybe it's a 2-2 two, two game, and, and it's a 3-2 type of overtime in the Wild, squeak out a point, something like that, but I'll stick with Charlie Coyle scoring the goal. Calgary Flames, uh, this is a very winnable game right now. This is a team that's driving the, uh, <laughs> the Fireside Chat podcast uh, host very crazy. Mike Smith has been good, but not great. And he's just, he's old and he's way, he's past his prime and he was never that great. He's had two shutouts on the year, but overall he's just, you know, he's the same guy he was in Arizona. He's just okay. He's had, he's had good games. He's had bad games. Goals against average 2.71 on the season. Nothing great. Uh, honest to God. Uh, again, two shutouts on the year. He's 12 and nine on the season. Eddie Lack was awful. He was sent down to the NHL. David, uh, AHL, pardon me, David Riddich, has been good in the little stints he's had so far. He came up from the ECHL. How about that? As a course, yeah, you can tell they've been listening to that show a bit. Um, you, you'll get scoring from Calgary, but you can score on them as well because they do have scores, and that's where the Wild would lose the game, obviously. I feel good about this game because a lot of inconsistent players on the Flames at the moment. Sam Bennett hadn't scored a point the first seven games. Now he's at 10 in the 29 they've played so far. Johnny Goudreau, though, boy, is he leading the way. 37 points in 29 games. And Sean Monahan, Monahan, who was able to score last time against the Minnesota Wild. Monahan and Goudreau have been leading the way all the way the whole season. After that, you got the Chuck, Matthew Chuck, of course, the son of the former Chuck in the past <laughs> with St. Louis and, and the Phoenix uh, Coyotes and all that. Yeah, that guy. Oh, <laughs> he, was, he was an underachiever. He was good, and then he just underachieved after that for the longest time. Yeah, years and years and years ago. Um, Yarmer Yager, of course, is on the club. He's had 17 points in seven games. He missed some time for a while and, of course, started the season late because of, well, you know, he just did. Uh, Mark Jankowski, first-round pick a few years back. He's been okay. He was called up a while ago and all that. And he's just just been okay so far. Seven points in the 21 games since his call-up 
from the AHL. First round pick a couple of years back again. Monaghan and Goudreau, though, really leading the way for this team. And that would be the Wilds' way of losing as those two guys are able to, to light the lamps because they've been doing it quite a bit this year. Monaghan leading the way. 17 goals on the season. And Goudreau, the overall leader in scoring the top-line center there. 25 assists to go along with those 37 points. Um... A very winnable game for the Wild, but I, I could see a much higher scoring type of situation. Maybe you see Staylock against the Sharks, that type of thing. And it'll be like, who knows what's going to happen. I think the Wild could squeak out a point against San Jose. The Wild should pick up some wins, I think, this month. Or at least this week. They should be able to. The Sharks game will be back and forth. I mean, maybe this is where Staylock is going to play. I think I don't think he's going to go against Edmonton or Toronto. I, I think that's Dubnik, but one of these two is Stalock. I mean, that's what I'm going to guess. It's, it's got to be. Maybe Stalock against his former club. And then if they beat the crap out of him, then Chris will give me a hard time because he'll be like, see, told you so. Stalock sucks because obviously he, used to, he wasn't a big fan of uh, Stalock in San Jose. He had one good year and one pretty bad year after that. And that, was, and that got him, in, that got him uh, uh, quite, a, quite a while in the AHL, unfortunately, for uh, Alex Stalock who I think has been a solid backup for the Wild so far. Mm. I'm ahead of myself, behind myself. I'm all over the place. Calgary's been inconsistent all season. You got one of Mike Smith's shutouts against Arizona recently. Oh, goody, Arizona. 7-5 against Edmonton. Ugh, terrible loss. Yuck, 7-5? 5-2 against Philly. Yuck. Uh, Toronto, 2-1 two two to one loss. Hmm. And then they beat the Montreal Canadiens, who've been just awful. Uh, Vancouver Canucks, a harsh, a arch rival for the Flames and former arch rival for the Wild. <laughs> we were all Northwest Division rivals in the past. I used to hate the Flames a little bit, even though I always kind of, even though I've always been a closet fan of the Flames. I hated them for a little while in some of those division matchups, a little bit because of a Ginla. Um, Vancouver, that's a must win for Calgary. I got a thing. That's a must win for the Minnesota Wild, of course, because we're all fighting. We're all, it's, it's a dogfight, literally, to get that wild card position. It sucks, man. Why can't we be a division leader? We're going to have a hell of a time catching up to San Jose, or excuse me, uh, St. Louis, uh, Winnipeg, and Nashville. Hell of a time. It's going to take one of those 12-game win streaks, isn't it? <laughs> Just might. To the point, the Wild need to win against Calgary. Okay, so this is this is a, this is a dogfight. This is an important game. A couple of very important games for Calgary and, of course, Minnesota. Uh, San Jose Sharks, you got to beat the Sharks, too. I mean, these are all, you know, Edmonton Oilers. That's like, come on, you got to beat them. They're, they've not been playing well. On Saturday afternoon with Connor McDavid coming to town. That'll be fun. Um, Minnesota Wild needs to win this game. I say they do. 4-3. to three. It's going to be something along the lines. Because the Flames clearly, clearly can score. But they clearly give up uh, <laughs> give up goals as well. They've not been good in that category. They can score. At least the top guys can score. Consistency among the rest of the team isn't. And I think the Wild should win the game 4-2, to 4-3 to three type of situation. Might even go with a 4-2 win because of an empty netter. Maybe like somebody like Eric Stahl gets the empty netter at the end or a Granlin. It's, it's always Stahl or Granlin. It's nobody else. Maybe Suter from way, way out. But, well, yeah, it is what it is there. Uh, most likely got to score against the Calgary Flames. Mm, well, Zucker. I think I think Zucker should be able to score against the Flames. I, I got a feeling he'll get his 15th goal against Calgary. Continue to lead this club in, in overall goals and maybe even overall scoring. As we move on to the Toronto Maple Leafs, up and coming team again, higher scoring, higher scoring game to talk about with the Flames. Toronto Maple Leafs, second in the Atlantic Division, eighteen and ten, very much in playoff contention. Frederick Frederick Anderson has been really, really solid for the Toronto Maple Leafs. At least he's he's had some good games. Of course, he's faced a ton of shots. Unfortunately, save percentage ninety two, 
three shutouts on the year, just like Dubnik, but goals against average ball like Dubnik. So, you know, he's been hot and cold at times, but generally speaking, Toronto more than capable of scoring and picking up the slack at times when things aren't so good. They're third in the NHL in total goals. Uh, goals against, they're right in the middle. Power play is fifth. Woo! And finally kill right in the middle at 13. So, yeah, Austin Matthews leading the way. Him and Kadri and Nylander, Nylander all leading the way there. That's the big three in Toronto right now. And the veteran, Wiley veteran, former Shark, Patrick Marlowe, who used to be an elite scorer for the Sharks. Wiley veteran, second, third line guy now for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'd say second liner down there in uh, at that stage in Toronto. Dominic Moore still hanging on in the NHL. Former Wild about 10 years ago. Former Wild fourth line center off and on. Oh, boy. Well, the Wild did beat Toronto earlier this season. That was nice. It was a fun game in Toronto. For some reason, the Wild play well against this club sometimes. And, uh, uh, you know, this could be a really good week for the Wild. We're talking like three like uh, three and one type of week for the Wild. Maybe lose to the Sharks and then win three in a row. It could be. I'm kind of not 100% sure where to go with it, though. Toronto is very capable. Actually, the Wild did lose that game. I'm getting it mixed up with last year. Oh, I'm going crazy. The Wild lost that game. I deeply apologize for that. 4-2 to two loss. So, yeah, that's my, my mistake there. Uh, Minnesota, yep, I got it mixed up with last year. Oh, I, I apologize for that. It's a tough game. I think the Wild can beat them at home, though. I mean, why shouldn't the Wild be able to win the game? Uh, Toronto's the better team right now, though. That's the one thing. It's been a good matchup for the longest time. And then, yeah. And the Wild weren't playing well at that time either. That was the one fear with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. And it's like, you know, it's like I was thinking, how did we beat them earlier this year? And, oh, we, we didn't beat them. That's how we did that, that, That's That's why I was questioning it. Uh, inconsistent play from Anderson, though, at times. And, yeah, I mean, McElhaney has not been good as a backup. So, obviously, Frederick Anderson is, Frederick Anderson has had to, Definitely had to carry the load there. Only four starts for Curtis McElhenley so far this season. 25 for Frederick Anderson is, and has not been pulled yet this year. So good for him in that sense. Um, it's a consistency thing where they, Toronto, up and down the lineup, they have scores or guys that at least can chip in. Guys that can be a factor. I mean, you got 10 goals for Patrick Merlin, the Wiley veteran. 13 for Matthews, 13 for Kadri, and 13 for... Reimsdick and uh, Nylander has been outstanding with a 15 assist as well. Um, generally just good. Not not spectacular numbers from Nylander, but good enough. Whew, boy. Um, mm. Do the Wild split with Toronto this year? I, I think they can. I mean, ugh. But I don't want to be overly positive with the way this team has been this season. That's the thing. It's like, put it this way, it'd be a big confidence booster for the Wild. This is how the Wild get back into playoff contention is a win over Toronto. I mean, this is a big game for, for the Wild, even though it's not a division rival. Like, you lose to Calgary and Toronto. Oh, my. Ooh, that would sting really bad for this team. Down the Wild would go then. I think down into the doldrums, 6th, 7th place in the division. And, well, I don't know. Maybe you hope to get a nice draft back if you don't trade somebody away again. <laughs> trade it away again. This time the Wild probably won't. Um, just just don't. Okay, please, Chuck Fletcher. Don't don't make, don't make trade the first-round pick this year. We, we need all of them. We need all the first-round picks we can get. Trade for a first-round pick if it comes to it. Of course, rumors abounding about uh, Matt Collin being traded. He was a healthy-slash-unhealthy scratch. He did get hurt against the... Uh, Los Angeles Kings but probably could have played against Anaheim. So things getting interesting there. Rumors about the Wild maybe making a trade with Pittsburgh where Matt Cullen would go back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
I don't know how much you'd get. You'd probably get a draft pick of some sorts. Would it be a decent pick? Probably not. A 41-year-old fourth-line center. I don't know. But he was certainly a factor for the Penguins in the past. <sighs> mm. This one's driving me crazy. Um, I think the Wild will beat Edmonton. I'm almost, you know, not almost certain, but I, I think the Wild should be able to beat the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Mm. Edmonton's all over the place, too. Bad goaltending, lots of scoring, inconsistency, blah, blah, blah. Toronto, I'm going to pick... Oh, boy. Dude, I want to be real positive pick a win. I really do. I'm going to pick a loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. 3-2 uh, to two, three to two game. Austin Matthews, he'll, he'll probably... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Austin Matthews score, of course. He probably will, because every time the Wild play against some kind of a superstar, they find a way to have a really good game, and it's just the way it is. Like, unless Dubnik is outstanding. Obviously, he's the X-Factor every night. Most likely guy to score against Toronto is, well, Chris Stewart's from Toronto. Will he get his... Will he, will he get in the... Uh, light the lamps for his 11th point of the season? Hmm. Maybe, but I'm, I'm going to probably lean towards... Uh, Miko Koivu is going to end his, his, his drought. Miko Koivu will end his drought against the Toronto Maple Leafs, but the Wild will lose the game. You, you hope to at least get a point or something like that, but I think Toronto, it's going to be something like 3-2. to two, uh, The Wild unable to finish at the end of the day against Frederick Anderson. 3-2 to two loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. As now, we talk about Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, who are not playing like the Edmonton Oilers of last season. Worst penalty kill in the NHL. One of the worst power plays in the NHL. Terrible in goals and terrible in goals against. Bottom fourth of the league. Cam Talbot. Whoa. You know, I mean, he wasn't that good last year either, but he sucks right now. And they have no backup either. I mean, Laurent Bozet, I mean, Bozet, uh, almost four goals a game. Cam Talbot right at three exactly. Saberson is just, I mean, just above 90. He's 500 on the season. 10 and 10. Cam Talbot mediocre at best, and their goaltender, their backup anyway, has been terrible. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, nice, solid year, second in scoring, but that means other players aren't playing well, unfortunately. You wish that he was a bonus along with the other players, but um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins looking more and more like the guy they were hoping they were going to get rather than a 45 type of uh, second-line center. When you're going with a number one overall pick, I don't think you want a 45, 50-point second-line center with the number one overall pick. You want a franchise changer. You're not going to get a Connor McDavid every time you get the number one overall pick. But, shoot, you hope for somebody that's closer, like Gabrick level, you know? 70 points, 35 goals, that type of guy. And Nugent Hopkins, though, solid this year. He's on pace for like 60-ish, you know? Maybe like a, he's more like a Granlund right now, I would have to say. But uh, more on the goal scoring end than assists. Because Granlund's more of a playmaker. Uh, Milan Lucic, not as good as he's been in the past. But still, okay, solid. Um <clears throat> Drysdale has really quieted down as well, and he's been hurt. That's not helped either. He's he's missed some time, but not bad. I mean, 20 points in the 24 games, he was healthy. He did miss four games earlier. Nice to see the resurgence by Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but you're getting almost no goaltending the defense. I mean, Edmonton has always had a problem with defensemen. That's why they made the trade with Adam Larson. Adam Hall for Adam Larson, and it's... I don't know. I mean, Larson's a good stay-at-home defenseman, but he provides nothing offensively, and... Adam Hall would have been outstanding for the uh, for the uh, for the Edmonton Oilers right now. I mean, you'd have a crazy top two lines there in Edmonton if you had Hall and uh, Connor McDavid, Ryan, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Drysdale, and Lustich. Man, that's a that'd be a great top six, outstanding. 
and you just pray to God to get some better defense and some good goaltending. Edmonton has been better of late, and they've been scoring. I mean, seven goals against Calgary recently, four against Boston in a win, and Arizona, big deal. Everybody beats them. Uh, Toronto, gosh, they scored four goals against Toronto, but lost six to four. Just sloppy, yucky game at the end of November there. And most recently, Edmonton has lost four to two to the Philadelphia Flyers at home. Edmonton very much out of the playoff picture right now. 24 points on the season, 11 and 15. They're going to need a miracle to get back in the mix again. Uh, only one team is worse than them in the Pacific Division. That is the Arizona Coyotes. Not to, I mean, coming into the season, you would have thought it would have been the Vegas Knights because they're they're an, they're a uh, they're an expansion team, but they're a very different type of expansion team. Again, coughing up 500 million dollars just to enter the NHL, just to start in the NHL. And they're only four points behind the LA Kings. 18-9 and nine on the season. I think the Las Vegas Knights... I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights make the playoffs. I said it. I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights make the playoffs. I mean, I, I really do. And boy, I'm dragging this one a little longer than I probably should. But uh, I think the Wild should be able to beat the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm going with a 4-2 to two victory. This one, go ahead and put, uh, I would say go ahead and put Alex Daylock in the net if you didn't recently with the uh, Sharks or something or the Flames. But, well, I suppose maybe you want Devin Dubnik to go against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Connor McDavid's been scoring and all that, but no defense behind him, no goaltending, and, well, he's been inconsistent at times as well. But generally speaking, he's been, you know, he's he's still the top player up there with the uh with, with Crosby and, and others. He's one of the top players on the planet, I'd have to say. 33 points in the 28 games so far. I'm talking too much about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. <laughs> Connor McDavid, though, it's almost like no introduction necessary. He's top two, top three in the league. But Edmonton is, is bottom bottom, bottom five in the league right now. They're looking for another high draft pick. Hmm. Goalie? Defenseman Edmonton? Yeah, but then you have to wait three, four years to get him. Unless it's like a can't-miss type of guy that's going to start off right away. That's what they got to hope for. Tank, Edmonton. Tank. 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 Yep. Just tank. Get get down there with Arizona at the bottom and then get a top guy that could play right away, hopefully. Minnesota wins 4-2. to two, Whether it's Adam Stalock or uh, Alex Stalock. Pardon me. I'm going to the Adam Hall and Adam this and Adam that right now. Adam Larson. Alex Stalock or Devin Dubnik. Wild win 4-2 to two over Edmonton. And if they don't, oh, bull crap. So let's move quickly into the prospects. I apologize. I kind of drugged that out a little bit longer than I would have liked. But, yeah, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying myself. Uh, quiet week in Iowa. Only two games this past week, and it's mostly been, well, uh, well. I mean, Yul Eriksson-Eck did get his seventh point in the previous game, and uh, Luke Cunningham is now at five points on the year. Only one so far since returning to the uh, Iowa Wild. Carson Soucy stuck at four points for a while. Now Steelers actually passed him with five assists now. He got his fifth assist of the season a couple uh, early in the week. Pretty crazy. Uh, Kyle Rao, Justin Kloos has been scoring of late. 13 points for him. Sam Anas with 11 points. But generally a quiet week. Uh, Brennan Mendel is now in the double digits. He got his eighth assist. 10 points for Brennan Mendel, the 20-year-old out of Woodbury, Minnesota. So solid there. There's Mostly the guys that have been scoring, though, have been the Kanani's, Kyle and Kyle O'Reilly's, and Colton Beck. And well, you know, I mean, good for them. But those those are like those are the top AHL type of guys that do the scoring there. Where yeah, they're probably never going to be an NHL player. Maybe just little stints here and there, like two game stints due to injury or you know extreme uh, extreme amount of injuries or sickness on a team, stuff like that. That's usually how those guys wind up on an NHL roster for a day or two. Even though they, you know, maybe they deserve a crack at it, but they're just not, you know, 
They're not what Brendan Mendel might be. They're not obviously you know, Eric Denek or uh, Luke Cunning, who's right now going to be the probably the, well, the, he's he's easily the top prospect on the Iowa Wild at the moment. And uh, Mario Mario Lucia continues to struggle down there. Of course, oft injured, but he's been healthy the past few weeks here, and he's done nothing. He has gotten one point in the last two weeks. Mario Lucia completely vanishing off the face of the earth with the Iowa Wild of late. You want to look at some of the other guys out there. Luis Belpedio at 15 points in 17 games at this at this stage. No points last night. But uh, Jordan Greenway with two assists last night for Boston University. Of course, second-round pick a couple of years ago in 2015. He's now at 13 points on the season as he's catching up. He was a little he was a little quiet here for the past few weeks. Uh, Gophers lost in overtime last night. Oh, that's unfortunate. And Jack Sadick at this point, four points for the Gophers, Jack Sadick, seventh-round pick, a guy I, I like. I like his presence out there. I've been happy with him. Uh, Luis Belpedio, though, nice article in The Athletic recently and posted on there. Really appreciate that very much. By the uh, the Minnesota Wild Hardcores, uh, Chad Wolski. Really appreciate Chad Wolski for posting that. He often posts articles from The Athletic, and uh, it's wonderful. I, I love when you do that, Chad. And this one was a nice, long, in-depth article. I actually haven't even finished it yet. I was halfway through. Interesting stuff. I'll talk about it. I even want to post it. I, could, <laughs> I want to post it on the uh, Brave the Wild page. Um, really excited about Luis Belpedio. Hardworking. Uh, parents taught him about nothing is given to you. And yeah, that's important, especially with this young generation. They need to realize nothing is given to you. And uh, really appreciate what uh, Luis Belpedio is becoming. And last year he was injured and that hurt his numbers a bit. And yeah, it slowed him down last season. He's having an extremely strong season with the the uh, uh, Miami of Ohio uh, Redhawks. They've been They've they've been strong. They're they're trying to make the tournament. Of course, the Gophers last night losing to Ohio State. It's it's on the road though. I don't know. These road college games are tough. But if you want to win a national title, you want to be the top team in the nation. You got to win road games. Uh, Ohio State's only fifteenth in the country. Come on, that's frustrating. Uh, Duluth Blue Dogs. No, I keep calling them that. The Duluth Bulldogs. Carson Susi. That's the guy we know. Avery Peterson has been pretty quiet over there. Unfortunately, I would have to say. He was a draft pick in 2013. He's been kind of all over the place. He's been through some interesting uh, scenarios in his life. Seven points so far for Duluth in 13 games. Nothing super spectacular. <sighs> the Kirill Kaprizov situation, it is what it is. That means right now he wants to stay in the KHL, but translation, we don't really know. If stuff is lost in translation, supposedly he's pissed off at the Wild for waiting until the fifth round to take him. But be pissed off at the rest of the NHL for waiting to the, for the fifth round because they all passed on him too. So I don't know. Um, did he really say that? Did he not say that? Whatever. Yeah, that's a big frustration right now, I would have to say. Uh, but that's pretty much, I would have to say, the check-in on, on the main guys. Obviously, Alex Tuck is <laughs> with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we don't need to talk about that anymore. It's frustrating. Nick Boca for Michigan. Just totally stay at home. Still only two points in the season. Him and Jack Sadik similar that way. But I think Sadik's got a little more offensive capabilities. You can see that sweet, nifty passing. And he is a solid, strong um, defenseman for the Gophers. And I think he's got a future in the NHL, believe it or not. I'd like to see him with the Iowa Wild after next season, of course, because uh, he more than likely will stay for his senior year with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So with that, well, that's, uh, yeah, I think that's about it when it comes to the prospects. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov had been very quiet for a while. He finally added a goal recently with the Sudbury Wolves, 32 points over there, his 16th goal on the season. 
ultimately there. So let's look at the Facebook and Twitter accounts quickly here. As we go to the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. want to thank Hockey Podcast for retweeting the most recent show. Really appreciate it very much from Hockey Podcast. Retweeting lots of other hockey shows, and that's how I got in touch with some of these other shows like uh, Fireside and, of course, Teal Town for the San Jose Sharks. Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. I gave a shout-out to Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Lots of good people there, too. Jim Madill, uh... Chad Walski, and of course my brother-in-law, Chance Kostek. Just love all those guys, and it's a great page. Also, again, uh, let's get to the Brave the Wild page first. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. There'll be a link in the show description. I posted about the prospect report. I thought I had a couple of comments, but I guess nothing this week. That must have been, okay, so quiet on the Facebook page right now. Quick shout-out to the... <clears throat> MNW Players Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players. I'm an admin on that page. Pavel Bunyat and Merrick Skyba from the Czech Republic. Thank you guys very, very much for having me be a part of that page. We talk about everything from, you know, from Eric Stahl, Miko Kuevu, Jason Zucker, all the way down to Kapo Kokkonen, <laughs> the Finnish goalie, or Finnish goalie there. He's got a nice future. Hopefully he's been really, really good over there in Finland. Uh, still up-and-comer, only about 20 years old. Alex Stezka struggled a bit. He's from Czech. And, of course, another guy <clears throat> that we've talked about, me and uh, Pavel Bonnet especially, have talked a bit about Pavel Jenis down there. Seventh-round pick, 2014. He's on the Rapid City Rush at this point, struggling in the ECHL, unfortunately. But maybe someday, hopefully. But uh, Pavel Bonnet thinks he's probably stuck there, unfortunately, at this stage. But and will not make the NHL, but maybe, 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 maybe not. I, I don't mean to be like saying any type of uh, projections, but that's just kind of how things are at this at this stage. Would love to see Pavel Genis uh, overcome things and uh, get to the NHL. Someone thrown pick though. I mean, it's tough. Jack Sadek, you know, it, it's an uphill climb, but it's possible. Eric Halla made it, and that mean you know many others can do it too. Uh, Tyler Gravok made it, kind of, sort of. He was put on waivers, and the Wild did not claim him. So that's an interesting thought right there. <laughs> Tyler Grayovac, 2011 seventh round pick, uh, and a man who drew the frustration of head coach Bruce Boudreaux for the Minnesota Wild. I got to think Mario Lachia is drawing all of our frustration right now. Damn it, I want Mario Lachia to make it. Ugh, he struggled down there in Iowa. Man, he was so good the first year, year and a half he was there. You know, even that little stint right, like right after his senior season. With Notre Dame, so solid, like right away, just like Luke Cunning, uh, Luke Cunning last year. I mean, even uh, even uh, Dmitry Sokolov scored a goal in the, in the two games he was there. It was just incredible to see that right away in the AHL. Well, again, why isn't he on the AHL? Oh, but I suppose he's just a little too young, maybe. Whatever, right? Um, but uh, yeah, Mario Lachia has dropped off ever since. Jordan Greenway, will he finally be on the uh, Iowa Wild at the end of this season? That would be really nice to see. Uh, Luis Belpedio probably will be. Obviously, senior season, depending on when their season ends and all that. If they go deep in the NCAA tournament, it might be too late for AHL uh, to pick him up, but uh, we'll see. It would be nice to have Luis Belpedio in the Iowa Wild very soon, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's about it for things. I've been I've rehashed a couple conversations back and forth there, so apologize if I'm repeating myself a little bit. want to give... Uh, 
uh, want to give out the phone lines for the show, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention your call again for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine would be greatly welcome to the show. It's a three-minute limit for it because it is an actual voicemail. And there's the call now button on the Facebook page. Simply click on that and you go to the phone line through Facebook Messenger. So there's no charge no matter where you are. As long as you're on Wi-Fi or cellular connection, whatever it is. As long as you're able to connect to the Facebook Messenger, you're good to go. Just like when you call somebody from Australia or wherever you live. So it is what it is. Um, So other than that, there's the final way to join. That's the audio submission route. You use a free recording application on your smart device. There is no limit per se, but I say keep it to about five, five minutes or so. Record it, save it, and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and I will slide it in here, convert it into an MP3 file if necessary, and put it right here into the show. Final thing I have to ask you is, hopefully it would be nice if you could please (laughs) write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. It would be oh so greatly appreciated. And when I see it, I will mention you and thank you live here on air. Thank you again in advance for doing that if you could. It only helps. So just one again. Hopefully this is a nice positive week for the Wild. Some pivotal games here. Edmonton, it's like you got to win that game. Calgary, you know, you're right there with them, even though they've got scoring and promise, and they were hoping for a very strong season, being one of the top teams in the West this year, and that's not happening right now. Uh, Toronto, obviously a very good team. You beat them. That'd be a huge confidence boost, wouldn't it, after getting beat pretty bad by them earlier this season, 4-2. to two. Not so fun game back in early November. Uh, San Jose, you know, go ahead. So hopefully the Wild can win three out of four this week, get six out of eight points. That would be really helpful. Seven out of eight would be crazy good, um, but we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Four at a minimum, though, please. And I hope we can do better than four. So with that, we'll take a break for a week here. We'll get back to you and review those games next week. Hopefully things will be as I've been just saying. <laughs>